0: You're listening to The Soundboard with Craig and Ben on Anchor.fm. Every song has a story. Music, for as long as we know it, has served both utilitarian purposes or filled a need for artistic expression. For us, music has connected with life's biggest and smallest moments. And that's what's at the heart of this podcast. So geek out with us as we explore music and how it animates day-to-day living for ourselves and our friends. Hi. Hello. 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 This is uh, episode 203 of The Soundboard. This is our first episode in a series about the Grammys and their history, uh, where we review some of the biggest, worst moments. Read them. (laughs) and And maybe some of the best moments of the Grammys in history.
1: But girl, there's more bad moments, that's for sure.
0: And this year we're, or this year, (laughs) this episode, we only release an episode every year. (laughs) One a year, that's it. One a year. This week, we're focused on the year 2001. Winning the popular vote. Mm -hmm. That's the title of this episode. I love it. I love it. There is some American political nuance in this title but also I think it really speaks to what we're going to unravel in this episode. And maybe what we need to do, before we really get into the the Grammys, we need to talk about what was happening when music was released in 2000 and the Grammys was released in 2001, right? Mm -hmm. The 2000s were a big year for pop music, right? Huge. We also had Y2K. This is post Y2K, right? Yeah. We were worried about about the the world coming to an end. You know, we're having to ration our food, computers are going to explode, and it was going to be a survival of the fittest. Pure pandemonium. Yeah, exactly. But none of that was true, and it turned out to be a kick-ass year for pop music in my opinion
1: so good oh my gosh well this really was when max martin exploded onto the scene with just basically every big album pop album of that year was really uh fueled by max martin's songwriting and producing and we get some of that we get some of that the 2001 grammys but it took probably almost two decades later before anyone really appreciated his his pop abilities.
0: Right, totally. So maybe you want to tell us a little bit about what was happening musically, Craig? Like what, what was Max Martin up to? What was he pumping out?
1: So, so cool, yeah. So uh, Max Martin, who is a music producer slash writer from Sweden, if you don't know, you should Wikipedia him and you will be gagged by what he has done in his career so far. Uh, So uh, he really got started though with Britney Spears. Uh, So in 2000, Britney released Oops I Did It Again, her second album. And that is just Max Martin splashed across it. Uh, He was a big part of her first album. And then again, because they followed up all the success that she had. Uh, and then, of course, we also got albums from InSync and Backstreet Boys. And Max Martin wrote and produced on both of those albums as well. So he, like anyone who was alive during that time knows that Britney, the Backstreet Boys and InSync were pop right at that moment. There were lots of other pop artists, but like these three groups slash artists were huge at that moment.
0: Yes, this was the era of the boy band. And, absolutely, and, and Britney,
1: really. absolutely, and
0: and okay. So what was happening around? What was happening around these two artists? We do know that there was music by like Linkin Park, absolutely, right? yeah. Hybrid Theory, great. Madonna had Madonna. Album music. She had an album that year that was also really good. Yeah. Um, we had Eminem coming out with music. Radiohead. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Beck was kind of rising and mm-hmm. still. Was quite popular. Uh, All excellent artists.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember just having so many fond memories of, oh my gosh, wait, no, I was like, was the Spice Girls popular then too? But they weren't. They were more popular in the late 90s.
1: Yeah, they were a little bit later. But we also had like the pop punk resurgence or like uh, era, like really coming in because like punk had been big and then pop started getting a hold of punk then you get like evanescent people like evanescence you have uh blink 182 blowing up uh and this all precedes like people like good charlotte coming in but you know the grammys at that time did not love pop-punk. That just wasn't their thing, you know, Uh, so you don't really see them in this uh, and you kind of get this interesting divide in the Grammys this year of uh, really popular uh, pop artists kind of more like the bubblegum pop uh, that was getting big at that time, versus kind of the old age pop. So we have people like what, like you said, Paul Simon, and then of course our highlight of this ep- episode, Steely Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who? Who, uh, who, 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 <laughs> who, who is that? Who Uh
1: Who swept the Grammys that year? Took it all. What? He, what? All of it, including- All of it. Including a pop album, all like best pop vocal album, beating out people like Britney Sync and
0: Madonna for best pop S- album. So what you're telling me is that a completely relatively unknown nobody <laughs> artist, <laughs> relative to my own experience at the time. To your, yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> Beat my queen, Britney Spears, my kings, the Baxter boys, and my kings and sink, Justin Timberlake. How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's really
1: interesting because, so Steely Dan is a duo. I did I did do a little homework. I wanted to figure oh, out it's what's a duo. going on it's here. It's not even. It is. No, no, oh. it's it's like, uh, oh, it's like Bunny Iver is, is actually a band, not a, a single person. It's not just Justin Vernon. So they were actually big in the 70s. <laughs> and that's why we don't <laughs> know much about them, right? And they did that one thing where they like came back and put out a new album. And then like, I don't know, they, they got like this legacy because they ended up winning album of the year. And it was almost like a legacy award. You know what I mean? Because, like, we both listened to the album, uh, and it's not groundbreaking. And it's, well, maybe that was what pop sounded back then, but, like, no, no. Like, look at Britney. Look at NSYNC. Look at what was being released then. That is not pop. Like, it's a folk, for me at least, it was much more folky or funk or jazz. Like, it, it leaned towards those categories more. Um, now,
0: sorry for any of our listeners who loved Steely Dan. Oh gosh! They're how gonna, dare you? They're going <laughs> to
1: drag us. They're gonna cancel us for sure.
0: We're gonna live cancel culture. Absolutely, because of, because yeah. of our perspectives. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no Steely Dan. So he swept, or they swept the Grammys. That's shocking. But this is also not uncommon at the Grammys.
1: No, no, and we'll we'll talk about this again and again. But like. Old white men or even, like, middle-aged to, like, younger white men, they they do well at the Grammys. That That is the common factor here. Like, you look at Album of the Year category that year and who was nominated, it's Eminem, Steely Dan, Beck, Paul Simon, Radiohead. All white dudes. Not one woman, not one person of color, which we've seen over and over and over again. But, like... They're leaving out some amazing albums of that year. So one example I looked up, which I think is a great example, is Outkast's album, Stankonia. So Stankonia was regarded as one of the best albums of the year. For instance, on Metacritic, the album got a 95. It had the hit song, uh, Miss Jackson, which I like, love that song. and it wasn't nominated for much, right? Uh, whereas Steely Dan's album had a Metacritic rating of 77, and I'm like, like I know the Grammys isn't all about like critical uh, release, but like, Stankonia also sold over 500,000 copies in its first week in the states. So like, they had the commercial success, they had the critical acclaim. Why weren't they nominated? You know? Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. And they did, like, I think it was a year or two later, OutKast was nominated for Best Album for uh, Speaker Box, and they did win, which that album was fantastic. So th- they definitely deserved that, I think. But, like, I don't know. Steely Dan shouldn't have even been nominated. That's my opinion. Like, looking at this, like, 20 years later, like, who... Who thinks back to music and culture in 2000 and says Steely Dan, that was the year?
0: That was their moment.
1: Right? Like It's like, <laughs> no,
0: no. Okay. I'm looking at my list of big songs in 2000. Totally, okay. yeah. Okay, these Bye 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 and Sync, you know, mm-hmm. memorable. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be May. That's still in meme culture today.
1: Absolutely.
0: That is 21 years later. We're still referencing that song. Beautiful Day, U2, came out in 2000. Iconic song, Uh, the real Slim Shady.
1: (laughs) I will say though, if we're looking at the Grammys of that year, Beautiful Day did win Record of the Year and Song of the Year. So like U2 did, but like, okay. So they win Record and Song of the Year. Uh, but not nominated for album of the year, which I think is a little bizarre. Uh, and then you also have, like, uh, you also have Destiny's Child, Say My Name, and you have Macy Gray's I Try. Like, these are, like, iconic songs, Right? Yes. Just okay, what so about good. It's
0: my life by Bon Jovi. That's also like Oh people wow. Don't like bon Jovi, yeah. But that's an iconic song from 2000.
1: Totally. Totally. What what this all tells me is the Grammys is like a moment in time. Like there's a lot more going on there. There's privilege, there's like there's uh, there's just a certain slant of why certain artists are nominated at the time. We all, like anyone that like knows something about the Grammys knows that it's white centric um, and male centric uh, because you look back and it's like 20 years later, like the some of this music is just not the best. It isn't, like it should not have been nominated.
0: <laughs> the Grammys have a lot of systemic issues. Absolutely. And I, and, and, and I think as you and I kind of unpack Various years of the Grammys in the next two episodes, we're going to see more of that. Mm-hmm. So my question is, Ooh. as we're already actually getting close into like the last bit of this podcast recording, is oh. who should have won? Who? Uh, who? It, if we could, if we could go back in time, if we could have the upside down Grammys, yeah, where this, where we're looking at. Songs that have stood the test of time, artists that have stood the test of time, mm-hmm. and we could give a lifetime achievement award to any one of those people from <laughs> 2001, for, or an apology award, <gasps> an apology award, the apology award. award. Oh my gosh! Yes. I love it. Okay, we're going to give out an apology award. It's a golden box of tissues. Oh gosh! Uh, I love it. Who are we giving the golden box of tissues to here this year, Craig? Oh, I
1: and and this is topical topical. It's a cream. Honestly, looking at culture and who gave us a lot and 20 years later, who's still really a part of the conversation and maybe shouldn't have won album of the year, should have been nominated. This is my opinion, of course, Uh, but definitely should have been nominated for song of the year and record of the year, at least, is
0: Britney Spears. Yes. Oops, I did it again. Absolutely. Oops, I... Did it again with, with your heart. A heart, a heart, got lost, got lost. <laughs> <In a> baby. <laughs> oh my God! I was I was listening to that in the car the other day, and I was like, "What a song!" And that music video was so good.
1: Absolutely, and like as we as we like uncover. Like, and we obviously don't know the whole story, but as we uncover this injustice of what has gone on uh, in Britney's life over time, right, we, we know for a fact she was underappreciated. Like, yes, she made millions of dollars off of her career early on and had the popularity, but no one, no one thought, like, she, she was disregarded at every moment you know, and I think it's really reflected also in like award shows. Like she wasn't seen as a viable option for winning awards for the most part. Like Christina was more in in the critical spotlight. Like she was the one that beat Britney Spears out for best new artist a couple a year or two pre previous to this Grammys. Um, but Britney deserved it.
0: Now, do you think she was kind of not in that light because of just like the perception of her being like overproduced, a pop princess, like what do you, is that, is that what do you think? Cause
1: Absolutely, of- totally. Like, look, I even remember at that time being in school and it's like, it was uncool to like pop music. And there's like a lot of gendered reasons for that, especially for boys, like uh, young boys uh, and a lot uh, were, it wasn't cool to listen to someone like Britney, you know, it was cool to listen to Eminem right back at that time uh and i think that permeated it went all the way up to adults and i think adults were would look back and say oh britney's music was superficial it wasn't serious music uh but i think i like to believe that there's more of an appreciation now for the craft of pop music uh there is obviously a commercial element to pop music Uh, but that doesn't take away the fact that there's individuals that are writing songs, putting sounds together, and are saying, this is, I I care about this music, and I'm putting my experience. Does it matter that the person writing the song, uh, isn't singing it? That doesn't matter to me. I think that doesn't matter at all. We have a whole history of music out there where that is not the case. Um, doesn't mean it's not great music, though.
0: Right, and, but it just just seems to me that when it comes to Britney Spears, this is the case, you know? And I think that's really unfortunate. And it just, I mean, have you had a chance at all to watch that Britney documentary, Reframing Britney Spears? (sighs) No, I still haven't
1: dived in. But you have,
0: tell, give us, give us a little bit. Tell us, tell us your thoughts. It makes a really compelling case uh for Brittany, I think uh, when you kind of see all this whole narrative and the story and a little bit of the background about Brittany's family mm-hmm. it becomes very clear, I think, from my perspective mm-hmm. how she was used and is still used today uh, for someone other people's benefit mm-hmm. right. I think you know you see videos of Britney singing as a child. You know Britney is talented; she Absolutely. is a good singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you hear interviews from other people about how she really was the—I don't want to say it—the boss babe of her work. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, before the really the conservatorship kicked in, like she she was the artist driving driving everything right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and then it changed, which is too bad. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the paparazzi culture, the uh, kind of the lens and the the narrative, especially around uh, Justin Timberlake, uh, really, 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 I think, threw her for a loop in a certain way, right? Totally. I don't know. So
1: before we end, I do want to bring up one... Uh, One more thing about the Grammys at this time, because it's quite different than it is now. Uh, The Grammys at that time had gendered categories. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so for instance, they had Best Pop Vocal Performance Male, Best Pop Performance Vocal Female. Uh, They had that for the R&B category, they had it for the country category. Uh, they have for quite a few different categories, which I think is fascinating, which they eventually did end up scrapping. But uh, for instance, one category where they didn't have it was rap, So, so they're, because if you look at the nominations from that year, there is not a single woman nominated throughout the rap categories. So it's kind of like rap was like, oh, we don't need gender categories because there is no women in that space. And obviously there was, right? Like they weren't necessarily being given the platform, like men at that time were. Uh, But that's changed now with uh, having people like Cardi B winning Grammys, right? She won uh, a few Grammys in the rap category. Uh, so there are women more often getting more platforms in that space. Um, but as we go along, we will see (laughs) that these systemic issues from the Grammys have not been solved. Uh, they- No. uh, Yeah.
0: No, it's true. So, winning the popular vote, you know, that's an age-old question, I think, or statement, that's... Especially in this, in this episode specifically, you know? We had these amazing, popular artists Mm -hmm. who I think if the public was to select an artist, they would be, oh, for sure, Britney Spears definitely should have won for Oops, I Did It Again.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: that was a popular song. But the Electoral College of the Grammys seems to still dominate. And you can still win the popular vote, but lose the election. Apparently. Absolutely,
1: and that that we will see it time and time again. This is not going away. Uh, the number of times the most popular, like even like I know we're talking about 2001, but we look at this year and arguably the most popular album of this past year, The Weeknd's album, not even nominated. So uh, which we all know is just Tom Foolery. Absolute foolery.
0: Absolute haberdashery. That's the wrong word. Never mind. I this love it. Right. I love
1: it. Ha- <laughs> you heard it here first. Haberdashery,
0: foolery, and, <laughs> and robbery. Robbery. It's yeah. highway robbery.
1: Rob, robbery. Rob, robbery. Hi, I'm Rob.
0: Rob, robbery. <laughs> Rob great, robbery. Great. Well, This was just a nice little quick summary of 2001. And I think I'm looking forward to our next episode where we're going to be talking about winning the suburbs.
1: Oh my gosh. If you can win the suburbs, you got it made. Like that's that's how you win, isn't it?
0: Apparently. And that's all we're
1: going to say. That's all we're going to say.
0: (laughs) Okay. Love it. Well, thanks, Ben. Love it. We'll talk again soon. Oh my gosh. I hope you have a good week of listening. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. As a kid, I had one dream. Creating an easy to use website without all the hassle of learning how to code. So when I found out about EasyWeb, my life was complete. With one click website design, it's a breeze. EasyWeb has over a million pre-made website designs and more are being made every day. Easy Web, Making Dreams Happen.